Welcome to the Kingdom Conversation Podcast. I am your host. My name is Quentin Jones, and I am believing by God as every time you are tuning in to this podcast that our uh, faith is that we are transforming ordinary minds into a kingdom mindset. I've mentioned this before over the past few shows, but um, it's a huge honor um, that our home-based church in Radcliffe, Kentucky, Abundant Life, is launching my family and I out into New Albany, Indiana, which is about 40 to 45 minutes just right up the road here. And we are starting a church. We were sent into the pastoral uh, office, and so we are excited to do what God has called us to do. A major update that will be coming out here soon within the next few days. Uh, we actually are changing our church name from the Kingdom Church and we're changing it to Abundant Life Church, New Albany. And so it's a huge honor. There's so many major things that are going on and we couldn't be more excited about this change. And so right now we are in the process of rebranding all of our sites, getting social media uh, out there to make those changes as well. And so just continue to keep us in your prayers as those things that we're doing um, is certainly going to have a positive impact in that area as we again, just do what the Lord has told us to do. This is part two of change your reality and part one, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, theme verse that we focused on was uh, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, with verses one and two. And so in part one, you can go back and listen to that. We discussed that there is an absolute need to have a present time faith as in we need faith for right now. We can't have the faith of yesterday. We can't have the faith of five years ago. We must have an active present faith for right now because what God wants to do requires faith in the present. The second thing that I mentioned was that we must walk in a fact faith, meaning that what the word says, do we see it as fact or do we see it as a matter of opinion? And so I went through some verses and everything that God said, it wasn't what I said. I didn't write the Bible, right? Obviously, but everything that God said, we have the choice as believers to see it as fact or not. And so we discussed in that show that we must walk in a fact faith. And the third thing that I mentioned was choose your reality. So our choice of reality will always produce a title deed. And if you understand the definition of a title deed, essentially it's a deed constituting the evidence of a person's legal ownership. So what we must understand as believers is this, is that our reality whether it's that which of what God says or which is that what our situation says, whatever we make our reality, it produces a title deed, which again is a sense of ownership. And so here in this show, we are going to finish up this series with part two with, again, change your reality. And so uh, maybe right now you're at the gym working out. That's all right. You just listen uh, and just let the Lord um, just talk to you. Maybe you're in the middle of Walmart shopping. That's fine, too. You just keep listening and let me just share with you about some things with the Lord uh, has told me to share. In this show, we will be looking at Numbers chapter 13. Uh, and I'm going to jump around a few verses because I want to make sure that I hit this point uh, home here for us all. So Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse one. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Then the Lord spoke, 
Then the Lord spoke. Notice it was the Lord speaking to Moses. And he said in verse two, send men out to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give. Say give. Come on. Say it like you mean it. Say give. Which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. From each of their father's tribes, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. Verse 17, Moses then sent them out to spy at the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into this way uh, and go up into the hill country. And so there's a few things that I want to call out in, this, in these first two verses. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, but then the Lord also said that I am going to give. It's an interesting thought that when you look at the first four words, the, the four words, sorry, is that the Lord spoke, but then he has already given. If you look at the word spoke there in verse one, it's the word in the Old Testament that's called Dabar, D-A-B-A-R. When you study out this word and you see how it translates into the New Testament, it's actually the same word as logos. So in the Old Testament, it's Debar. In the New Testament, I'm talking about from the book of Matthew um, and, and on, it's the word logos, L-O-G-O-S. And so here's point number one that I want to tell you. The Bible is man's evidence of God's legal ownership. God spoke that he's already given. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all scripture is God-breed, which means that it's given by divine inspiration and is profitable. It's profitable for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness. <clears throat> and then verse, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 17 says, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is man's evidence of God's legal ownership. God may have spoke to Moses and gave him a command, but then he followed the same command that I am going to give it to you. Essentially, God told Moses, I want you to go take a look and go walk around the property that I have already given a title deed ownership and I've signed it over to you, your children and the inheritance of Israel itself. That's the way that I look at the scripture. I want you to go look at what I have given you. Now, if someone came up to you right now and said, hey, I bought you a house. Here are the keys to the house. But I want you to go look at the house and go walk around it. None of us would question that, oh my goodness, you bought me a house. We would go look at it and there would be such excitement that we just received something. And that's what God's saying. I have already given it to you. I'm talking about changing your reality. If you look at the word profitable in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the definition of profitable is yielding advantage returns or results. So essentially, this scripture that was God-breathed, it was Holy Ghost divine inspired, is profitable. It has the ability to yield returns and results that work out to your and my advantage. We must understand that if we're going to change our reality about what God said about a thing, then we must understand what God has already said and what God is speaking to you and me right now is because he is the legal owner of that thing. 
I'm talking about the word debar. When God speaks, it's because he's the owner over that word. So when God says you can have something, it's because he is the heavenly and divine legal owner over what the word says about the thing. Again, number one is the Bible is man's evidence of God's legal ownership. If you didn't go down to read in verse 25, it says, when they returned from spying out the land. So <clears throat> you have Moses. God said, go send people in. By the way, I've already given you that land. So Moses obeyed and he sent out, as we know the story, as 12 spies. So 12 spies are gone for 40 days. So right here, Numbers 13, verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of the 40 days. They came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness. And they brought back word, say word. That word there is the bar. It's the same word. It was what was spoken. They brought back a word to them and to all the congregation. And they showed them the land's fruit. They reported to Moses. This is verse 27. They reported to Moses and said, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So Moses sent out 12 spies into the land. They infiltrated the land for 40 days. And when they came back to everyone who stayed behind, they brought back evidence of what the land looked like. They brought back fruit. They brought back, uh, and they, um, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word. They confirmed that it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the evidence of it. Point number two is God's word is tangible. I don't want to beat this point too much, but I need you if you're listening to hear what the Lord is saying through me. God spoke and said, I'm going to give the land to you. When he spoke, it was the Debar word. It was proclaimed from heaven. When they came back, the 12 spies brought back evidence of God's Debar spoken word. They brought back fruit and they brought the evidence of milk and honey. If you study out the milk and honey, it is defined as an overly abundance of a thing. This is so significant because you must understand that Israel were slaves unto Egypt. They were slaves to Egypt for over 400 years. Their mindset has changed. They've been living, if you will, from food to food. They've been living from paycheck to paycheck. They have a slave mindset because they've been enslaved for over 400 years. So when God said that he was going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, it defied their natural thinking because they've been, uh, they've been slaves for over 400 years. And God said, I am going to give you a land that is spacious and has an overly abundance. I want you to imagine this, this scene with me real quick. Twelve spies come back. And the Bible says in verse 26 that Moses, Aaron, and all the congregation stood waiting for the report. What report do you have for us? I can I can only imagine the scene. If you understand how many left from Egypt, their report that what they brought was spoken to almost a half a million people 
A half a million people were relying upon the word of these 12 spies in order to know what to do next. We may think, oh my gosh, I just, I just heard this in the spirit. We may think that to us, we may not have an audience of a half a million people. We may not have an audience of 200,000 people. We may not even demand an audience of 1,000 people. But can I ask you this question? If you can't deliver the report of the Lord to yourself, what makes you think that we're going to deliver a report to our four, which is our family? If we can't deliver or say or come to agreement with what God said for us, then what makes you think that we're going to give the same report to 100 people or to 1,000 people or to 5,000 people or to 100,000 people or to 5 million homes if you're, ever, if you're ever on television? They brought back a report to over a half a million people who were waiting to see what did you find and what did you hear and bring us evidence of a thing. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, God is the one who told Moses. The burning bush moment in Exodus 3, 8 says that I have come down to rescue them from the hand, which is the power of the Egyptians, and bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land that is flowing with milk and honey. God is the one. This was God's idea. I'm going to get you out of a place, but I'm going to bring you into a place. And when they finally came to the place after 40 years, because after 40 years, they wandered around the wilderness before they were even brought to the gates of Canaan. And after 40 years, they sent in 12 spies. Can you imagine the scene? They brought back not just milk and honey and fruit. I know it's something tangible, but they brought back the, the bar word because God spoke in Exodus that it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, my goodness. Number two is God's word is tangible. So the Bible is man's evidence of God's legal ownership. And we must understand that God's word is tangible. It always produces something. When God says he's going to bring us to a place, it has to result in something in the physical hands. It may be a word that came in the spirit, but the possession of a thing, we should see it also in the natural. God's not going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, help you walk in peace. But then in the natural, we have a doom and gloom face. What was launched in the spiritual always produces in the natural because the natural realm has to subject itself to the supernatural. And then if you look in verse 28, it says, now watch, watch, watch. They gave the report. Now we're going to look at two different reports from from the people. So we understand from this story, right, that they that Moses sent in 12 spies. 10 came back with a bad report and two came back with a good report. Let me show you the good report. So verse 28, but the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and they're very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak who are people of great stature and courage. But then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession of it. For we will certainly conquer it. Caleb had the understanding of this one thing. Faith comprehends as fact. It's agreement. 
Notice, God said that he was going to bring them to a land that they must take possession and they must conquer it. You see, it's this weird Christian theology that we think that when God is going to bring us to a thing, God is, God is going to bring something to pass, that we think that there's not going to be any opposition. The thing that we must walk in has giants in the land, and it doesn't have to be physical giants. You're probably not going to, listen, I, I went to New Albany, Indiana, and I drove the land myself praying in the Holy Ghost. And when I came back to Radcliffe, the faith within me said, Pastor, we can take the land. <laughs> we can take it, Pastor. We can take it. There's giants in the land, but I brought back evidence of what God said. This is where we are supposed to be. Why? Because faith is my reality. Because that's what God said. The title deed that Caleb possessed, what was in his, what was, what was produced in the spiritual, but was displayed in the natural, Caleb's title deed was faith. Caleb shown that faith has a potential and is a potential to change our reality. Faith comprehends as fact. We must come to agreement with what God has said. I didn't say it. God did. Possession means to occupy. Conquer means to overcome. The thing that God has promised us will certainly be opposition. But the faith on the other side is, no matter the opposition that comes against me, God has already said. The word, the word conquer is a powerful word because it's the same word that's found in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. So that when Jacob was left alone and the man came and wrestled with him until daybreak, we understand that this was uh, a angel that was wrestling with Jacob. And when the man, which is the angel, saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint and Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. The same word of conquer right here in Numbers chapter 13 is the same word that is found in Genesis 32. You say, okay, what are you trying to say? Notice that an angel was actually wrestling with Jacob. Now, if this was a heavenly creature or some may say that it was Jesus himself, then how come Jesus couldn't just overpower Jacob? He was wrestling with a divine being. How in the world were they wrestling for hours? Because here's why. God can defeat any foe, but he can't win against an unsubmitted will. Hmm. God can defeat any foe, but he can't win against an unsubmitted will. Caleb had to submit his will to God's will. Caleb called out the facts about the situation. He even said, hey, listen, those who live in the land, they're strong. They're fortified. They're large. They have great stature. And you can tell that they're not afraid to fight because they have courage about them. Caleb called out the facts about the situation, but declared the truth of what God has already said, what belongs to them. I want you to say that we can take it. That situation in your life, you must declare, I can take it. I can take it. Even though everything's coming against you, you say, I can take it. Why? Because the Bible already says that you can. Faith is my reality. 
But if you keep reading, this is a, the, the uh, last part right here. In verse 31, it says, But then the other men who gone up with them and said, Hey, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they spied out, saying, The land in which we went and spied it out is a land that devours. And the men that we saw there, they are of great stature. And we saw Nephilim. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So then, therefore, we were in their sight. The other 10 people finally got their title deed. They got their reality, which was fear. You see, if faith can comprehend as a fact, which means come to agreement, then so can fear. Fear comprehended as a fact still requires agreement. They saw with their own natural eyes the same thing Caleb saw. They saw the same thing. They said that we're not able. They're too strong. It's a land that devours. They're men of great stature. We were like grasshoppers. And therefore, they gave a report of what they saw in the natural, not the debar spoken word of what God already said. You see, here's the thing. You got the two who have a title deed of faith and you have the 10 who has a title deed of fear. They went into the same land. They saw the same giants. They saw the same opportunity of the land flowing with milk and honey, and they even tasted the same fruit. You see, there are some people that they go through the same battles. They got the same challenges. They have the same trials as you. They have the same spirit of Christ within them as you have as well. They read the same Bible as you. But here is the problem. Why is there two different realities? Why are two different realities present? You got two people and you got 10 people. They saw the same thing, folks. They saw the same giants and they brought back the same evidence. But two different realities were present when they gave a report to the people. As you can tell, this is firing me up right now. I came in wanting to teach, but man, I'm getting ready to preach. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I just feel it. It's the same. They saw the same thing, man. They saw the same thing in the land and they were all gone for 40 days. What I'm hoping that you're receiving by faith is that our choice of reality will always produce a title deed, which is evidence of a legal ownership. If you and I will take God at his word, because he already owns a thousand cattle on the hill, he, according to Deuteronomy chapter eight, he's given the power to give, to, to get wealth. God already owns what he said. So therefore that's my reality. And I am walking and I'm living proof of a title deed. If I were to produce a piece of paper, my title deed is faith because God said, don't be the person that hears the same word. You sit in the same church services. You drink from the same water. You read from the same Bible. You hear from the same pastor. But every time we walk away, we walk away with a title deed of fear because we comprehended our situation fear as a fact. Say faith is my reality. Change your reality. God is not a liar. He will keep his word. That's, that's who he is and that's what he does. Faith is my reality. So what's your reality? 
What do you see right now? Your battles, the, the the land that you're supposed to possess. I'm not talking about a physical land like a state or a city. I'm talking about the possession of what God said belongs to you. Fill in whatever the blank is. Whatever God has told you to possess is your title deed faith or is a title deed your evidence fear. I'm fired up. Here is a challenge that I want to leave with you. If you're one of the two, I want you to send this podcast to one person to one person, and just say, we can take the land. Are you with me? If you're one of the two and faith is your reality, then as soon as this podcast is done, take two seconds, send this podcast to one other person and say, we can take the land. Are you with me? But if you're one of the 10, then I want you to send me an email to staff at kcindiana.com. That's staff, S-T-A-F-F, at kcindiana.com. If you're one of the 10 and you feel like that your life is always producing a title deed of fear and your life is a living evidence of that, send me an email. I would love to sharpen you with the word and encourage you because we cannot afford to have 12 people in a camp and 10 said that we can't take it, but only two said that we can take it. Here's the reality. God only needed one person to agree. And in my life, I'm the one. I don't need anyone else to come into agreement with what God has told me. So guess what? Stop looking for people to agree with you and you start believing yourself. I'm the one. I'm the one person that takes God at his word. I believe God at his word. When God spoke the Debar word, I believe it. When God spoke the Logos word, I believe it. And I take possession of it. And therefore, I have a title deed. It belongs to me because it already belonged to heaven first. My goodness. Hey, listen, thank you so much for taking, uh, for taking time to listen to this podcast and hearing me get fired up. If this podcast is helping you, Send me an email, like I said, drop a comment, rate it on the show. I don't know, but just share this with someone because we are going to grow together. In this podcast, we are transforming ordinary minds into a kingdom mindset. Amen.